folks, and welcome to episode 56 of the Far Beyond Metal podcast. I'm your host and guide on this metal journey, Daniel Cordova. In this episode, Frederick from Opeth discusses his first band, and I recommend the Philadelphia progressive metal band, Moonlight Prophecy. Before all that, I interview Oystein Brune of Borknagar. Borknagar, a long-running progressive black metal band, or black and progressive band, or something. They're about to drop their 11th album, True North, on September 27th. Oystein joined me on the show to talk about the title True North and what it means to him, what his kids think of his metal, a quarter century of Borknagar, and more. So before we dive in with Oystein Brune, here's some of The Fire That Burns from True North. Oysten uh, calling from Norway, from Bortnagar. Daniel. Oh, yes, this is Daniel. How are you? I'm perfectly fine. And you? I'm doing quite well myself. I uh, have myself sequestered in a closet at work for our chat today. Uh, how's your How's your afternoon of chats been? Evening of chats? What time are we looking at for you? Yeah, for me, it's like nine, nine o'clock now in the evening. So uh, uh, it's a kind of... Um, mid <laughs> mid evening <laughs> you've got your pajamas on so and you're ready for a metal bed no i'm i'm not that old <laughs> yeah. I, I mean i, I know but go ahead <laughs> yeah yeah no, no i mean i yeah still I, up and kicking i guess i yeah, i'm a few more hours and i guess it's off to bed but uh yeah i had uh, i had a run of interviews today uh, five six or something i think it was together so uh, but that's fun good that's fun yeah um so I'm sure everyone's asking you millions and millions of questions about the new album, True North, uh, as I will be doing as yeah. well. Um, I'd like to start yeah. off with a, probably the most basic thing of why the title True North. Yeah, and, and you know, it's, I wish I had a simple answer to you, but, but it, you know, for me, it's always been very kind of a big deal to... to, to you know, we, we, the, the fun thing we do with a new album is actually to to, to pin out uh, the the album title because you know I think it's it's like like the the, um, the underlining of everything it's like the the last stamp of the record in a sense because you know for me a title should be called uh, different layers it should in a way reflect the album as a whole it should be uh, be some sort of spearhead of the album in terms of music in terms of lyrics so it's you know, it's complicated, I and mean, it was a kind of a, a long process for us. Uh, you know, uh, finding the the right title and you know f- feeling right and all that stuff. But you know, one of the things that I kind of um, love with the idea, the concept, and it kind of uh, lingers into the the rest of the album is you know this this sense of direction. That's one thing, and it's also the the, the kind of uh, the constant in in everything. You know, in True North is actually a term within in navigation and orientation. And, you know, when I was a kid, I learned in the, in the Scouts when I was a small kid and, and stuff. And until I found out that there was a Christian organization, I, of course, left. But, 
But, you know, we kind of learned that if you're lost in the woods at night and you can't see uh, anything, you, you, you watch for the polar star, at least you know where north is, and then you can kind of pin out where you are <laughs> going west or east or whatever. And the same on the, on the sea. If you get lost on sea and you have no GPS or maps or you're kind of disorientated, you there is an old saying that, you know, you should try to find the true north, then you at least know where, you know, to... To, yeah, what kind of orientation you have in, in, in this world, and you know, and it's the interesting aspect with it as well is true north is kind of the true north, um, and it's not necessarily the same thing as a polar north because polar north might change depending on what time of the year you know you know and the whole cyclus of around the sun and stuff like that, and and so but true north is kind of the the fundamental constant in all this you might say and you know this this all idea came from you know lots of reasons but you know i think that in this world um i mean we're definitely not going greenpeace or political or religious or nothing like that but you know as a general um outlook on the world i mean everything is shifting everything is changing we are we have a no i have kids myself we have a generation now that is growing up that really don't know how the future will be. I might mean my generation, we knew something, yeah, it would probably be a little bit better and probably at some point my parents is able to buy a bigger house and a nicer car. And, you know, generation before me, again, my parents' generation, they was like, yeah, you know, I had to struggle with the aftermath of the Second World War and, and, and stuff like that, rebuilding the whole society and stuff like that. And they also had the old, you know, the, the forecasts for a better future. But the generation in front of us now that is growing up, my kids, and I talk a lot with my, my, my daughter about this, for example. She's very, you know, focused on environmental issues and, you know, stressing this quite a lot. And I kind of understand it because that's a generation of our time, at least not almost, you could say, the first generation of our time that really don't know whether how things are going in the future with, with you know, the un, 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 environmental problems. You know wars and, and you know catastrophes and, and stuff like that. So so in all this, I mean, again, not political in any sense or any you know things like that. But but as a universal perspective of life, in in all this uh, ocean of moving elements, I find this this idea about one anchor at least that is always there. Whatever happens in the world, you can turn around and face you know true north in a sense. You, it will always be there. It will always be something you can grip onto or relate to or something like that. You can understand it different, differently, but that's kind of the, the little bit of the essence of the, the album title. Um, as well as, you know, there is some elements of, for us, you know, from North and, and being true. And for me, and what we discussed a lot when we started to work on this album was the fact that we wanted to get back to even more so than before, getting back a little bit to the roots of the band. Uh, not necessarily, you know, in terms of, 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 I mean, that was another time I was like half the age I am now. You know, it's a different era. I don't, I, I don't want to force anything and try to be 19 again. That's not my point. But, but trying to single out and find out what made the band back in the day. You know, what, what's the basic foundation of this band? To be a little bit true towards ourselves, musically speaking. That, that's why we, for example, have this this um, cover this time around, which is, is actually a photo of a mountain, basically. Right. And, and the same goes for the debut album, where it's basically just a photo of a barn in, in, in the mountains. 
Um, so, so we wanted this authenticity over the album. The, 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 I don't know if true is the right word for it, but, but you know, it kind of works with the album title. But, you know, get back to roots in a sense. You know, it's, it's almost like when, when heading out for a new, starting up with a new album, it's all, I kind of feel it's like it's like I'm booting up for another um, journey, another mountain to climb or whatever you want to call it. And, you know, I have a backstack, and this backstack is getting heavier and heavier. Because, one, I mean, getting older, it's heavier to carry it. Uh, but, but it's also but those filled with a lot more experiences, things I found along the line, and things like that. So it's, you know, I always try to push forward in terms of music, to, 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 to progress, to, to push myself musically, to, to, to breathe borders in terms of, uh, you know, expectations and all that stuff I, you know i found that thrilling with music that's that's my driving force really i mean my horror would, would be to be to find myself walking in circles and tell some music that would be so boring i would probably just quit but doing that i think it i have to dig even deeper in myself and in the reason why i do this kind of thing so it's it's kind of a paradox in a sense that i'm well, moving forward, but trying to expand as a musician, trying to improve as a musician and all that, I need to be, dig deeper and deeper into my, what can I say, roots, my 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 being as a person, uh, my experiences, my childhood memories, you know, what, whatever. So it's, it's uh, I think that's also a little bit in, in the title kind of part of the, the whole like, concept. And also, as I said, I guess maybe I, Maybe I'm messing it up now because I've done a couple of interviews tonight. But I think I mentioned something in earlier regarding. You. I, I like the, also this perspective of, of direction in the title. I think you know a lot of the songs kind of deals with this. It's very fundamental in humans' lives. Whatever you do, there is always a wrong a direction in a sense. I mean, even if you go to the toilet, you have to make some decision what kind of way you have to go. Um, yeah, I mean to make it stupid simple though. But you know, it's so that's that's kind of the lyrical context. For example, the song "Tidy" deals a little bit about those things, like like wandering, and uh, it's actually based on a documentary about about um, about mooses in in Scandinavia, actually. And you know, there was a documentary about scientists trying to. There is some studies on on the mooses go the same trail every year, and they've done so since the Ice Age for like 14,000 years or something like that. But in the middle of all this, for 2,000 years, they know that the mooses went extinct. There was no mooses in Scandinavia because of different reasons, probably plague or something like that. When they came back, they started to walk the same exact routes as they always done. And they still do this today, even though the landscape has changed, even though the climate has changed, you know, all these things. And the scientists said that you really don't know what, why they are doing and how they are doing it, because each and every generation go the same path. And you know, if I kind of transfer that over to, to human relations, myself, for example, and my my son, I see so many things in him that kind of reminds me about him. But I've never told him about that. You know, whatever you know, interest you find in you know, whatever small details in the world. You know, I will tell an example at the point moment, but. I, I see myself so much in him, and I kind of ask myself why. Of course, we, we know there is a lot of genetics going on, and of course, the environmental is grown up with me, has you know, see me as an, you know, a daddy and kind of follow my steps in a way. But still, there is something 
untouchable about this that we, we really don't know. I'm not, of course, I'm an atheist. I don't, don't, you know, it's not in, in anything in direction of religious themes or whatever. It's not talking about that. I, I'm, I'm sure we find this out at some point, but but it's still interesting thought, uh, and it's interesting how life kind of goes in circles. And you know, the circle of life has always been a theme um, in in the band. So yeah, that was my very short answer to that. <laughs> You know, actually, you touched on a couple of things I was either going to ask later or I just want to come back to. Uh, you mentioned that you were in the Scouts as a kid. I don't know how much you know about, like, the American Boy Scouts, but, you know, there's badges for achieving certain goals, and it is also a Christian organization that's problematic. But uh, what was your experience in the Scouts growing up like? Like, were you did you get badges and stuff like that? How different are your Scouts no, than ours? No. You know, I, I, since I was a kid, and that was uh, probably a headache for my, my parents back in the day, but I was very individualistic in the sense that I, teamwork was not working for me. I tried soccer, I tried um, all kinds of sports, I did, you know, they really tried to get me into something, because I was not the most social guy around. I was not a guy who was like, brought, just brought my knife and my boots and went into the, into the forest and just did my stuff there, making, you know, flutes of branches and stuff like that. So, but, but, you know, this nature thing has always been, so I remember I tried, you know, the scout space might be cool because you, you love being in nature and, you know, hunting and all, all that stuff and walking you know, around and, you know, rivers and do discoveries and whatnot. And I tried, I, I really tried, but, but, you know, two things don't, I remember, and I actually still remember it clearly, is that, you know, this whole thing of being organized on the mountain was to me a big contrast. For me, mountain is about freedom, free spirit, free thinking, about being yourself against nature, or not necessarily against nature, but in nature. Um, so for me, suddenly going in, in a, a trap or a troop up on a mountain, being on a tent, camp place with other people, having to adapt to some certain rules that you have to go to bed and sleep before 8 o'clock in the evening or whatnot, didn't work for me at all. Um, there is something very fundamentally contradictive about it for me at least and and then you got this a little bit i I didn't feel that too much but of course in norway also that and it's problematic has been some discussions in norway Uh, but this christian side you know this this uh god uh, spirit and jesus whatever you know on the tree this this design you have to give and stuff and i was like no 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 that's not you know i to me it has always been so wrong you know, I've always had a scope of nature. I always loved nature, the beauty of nature, the, the wonderful, you know, the, everything from the smell to the sounds to the, you know, touching some moose, other, whatever. Other, you know, there were so many sensory things you can experience in nature. And for me, nature has some sort been my religion in a way. And I got that from my father, which was always also a kind of mountaineer, always walking the mountains and spent his free time, spare time on the mountains and stuff. So, so, so uh, the whole, or, you know, being a part of scouts, uh, being organized, being told what to do or not do, um, and having a certain theories about nature. Uh, of course, there is, of course, some survival tricks that's good to have and all that. But, but you know, it didn't catch me really. Um, and I quit after, I guess, a few months. <laughs> <laughs> Through the wind of our inquisitiveness, I told you 
That was some of The Age of Creation, which is a bonus track from the Borknagar album Erd, and happens to be my favorite Borknagar song. I'll have more of the Oystein Brune in just a moment. But first, this is my first band. Every musician has to start somewhere, and in this episode, Fred... Wow. Every musician has to start somewhere, and in this episode, Frederick from Opeth discusses his first band. It's a little hard to hear when he says it, but it was called Whip. Really, the first band was called Whip. <laughs> uh, I think I was about nine, ten years old. I did like wrote songs and the lyrics, and it was all about this guy going to war. <laughs> <laughs> At nine, it was kind of classic metal something like <laughs> cool. early. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a dark nine-year-old you were. Wow. Yeah. Well, I guess you watched a lot of war movies and stuff in that age. That's true. Little firecrackers and stuff like that. Opeth are about to drop their album Inkata Venom, also on September 27th. For more on the band, head to facebook.com slash opeth and opeth.com. Now, from True North, here is some of the track Up North by Borknagar before I wrap up my conversation with Oystein Brune. mentioned that uh you didn't really adapt well to working in like a team sort of setting i mean mm. I'm, I'm an only child i can kind of relate to that i don't know if that's how you are but um one thing i i noticed about your band is that despite you being the sole member who's been a part of it from the very start there has mm. been a little like very little except for most recent album of course uh transitions mm. of members so for a band that is Basically, you're the sole member, but still holds on to people. Why do you think it's important to collaborate with these people multiple times, whether it's Vortex or Lars or a- anybody else, uh, rather than making kind of like an Arian sort of project? I'm, you're familiar with Arden yeah. Wilkinson. Yeah, something like that. Yep. Yeah. yeah, good point. I, you know, I don't know. I think, you know, I, um, I don't, you know, one thing that people ask me about, about you know, how do you plan all things? How do you, do what was your thoughts when you started the band and stuff? And, you know, with the music and the band, I've always, one 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 thing that's fundamental for me is that I, I just, you know, I, I have a very big love and passion for making music. I, you know, that's so integrated in my life. I've done this since I was 15, 16 years old. Uh, but I've never really done any plans. I, You know, when starting the band back in the day, I didn't have any plan about getting signed and doing tours or even doing albums. I just wanted to, you know, in a in a way satisfy my, you know, I wanted to make the music I love myself in a sense. And I think this fair passion of music is that, you know, there has been some up and downs with the band. I mean, we have been doing this for 25 years and there's been lineup changes and stuff. And 
My simple answer is, like, you know, it works as long as it works. And at some point, it doesn't work anymore. And then I have to do some changes. But my, um, my, my goal is still there. I want to make the music. And I kind of, I guess I have my way of, of finding a way to do that in, in terms of cooperating with other people and, and stuff. And, and luckily, me and Lars and Simon, which has been a creative force the last, since, I would say, before Winter Twice, really, we have been, a, you know, the driving force, the creative force, the, the guys who's taking the decisions in the band and stuff. And, and, you know, we are, all of us is pretty much alike on that, I think. We are not really, we are kind of individualistic persons. We don't, on free time, we don't talk too much, really. I mean, we, we don't hang on the same pubs in the evenings. We have different lives, very different lives in, in many aspects, but... We gather around this, this I think, the same passion for creating music. And you know, that's that's my being a part of the band, for example. Now we, when we got new members, that's my that's that's a key to the door to get into the band is that you have really have to put your heart into the music. I, I don't really care about money if you have a nice guitar or not. If if it's you know all these other things that's going on the business side of things. Uh, if you don't have passion for the music you're doing, if you don't put your heart into the music, you have to leave. Um, uh, quite simple, but so complicated if you get my point sometimes. And, and you running a band is, is um, I guess I have two sides to it. I mean, I, I love doing music. Uh, I love, you know, joining forces with the other guys because we share this, this passion for making music and we find ways to work this out and it, it's almost a bit magical without being religious about it. But when when we, we you know join up team up and do let's say recording the vocals for the new album, we, we have such a good time. It's it's, it's you know it's uh, we are <laughs> kind of I don't know how to say it, but we kind of get really kind of excited about this and a little bit you know rushed about the whole thing. Um, very strong, kind of strong experience without anything religious and if at all it's kind of fully rational i think um so yeah yeah i it's but but on the other side i must admit sometimes it's a nightmare for me as a musician i just want to make music want to create music and we have to kind of relate to sometimes band and band members to organize touring festivals because you have to you can't just you know not do that you have to you know plan something you have to organize something you have to relate to people you have to be professional you know and and, and people expect you when, when you expect me to call at some point and of course i call you but you know that's also what can i say i don't necessarily always like those things to planning and, and uh, all that stuff i kind of really hate that <laughs> And then, especially when it comes to live and stuff, it's like, oh man, I have to, have to deal with this. And, but uh, but I guess it's part of the business. It's part of the the thing. I guess I have to adapt to it some somewhat. Um, but um, I guess in the end, it's all worth it. I mean, when when finishing this album now, I'm so kind of it's a tough ride. I have to you know sacrifice a lot. I have to spend a lot of time away from my kids. I have to you know I have had no social life the last half year really no social life at all i've just been sitting in my studio working on the album um i know i'm kind of doing interviews and I'm, you know all the paperwork and you know plannings and all the stuff like that so sometimes i ask myself why do i do this i don't need to anymore you know <laughs> but but uh, 
it always comes to be back to this point that you know I have this very kind of strong feeling of of, of uh, this this passion of of creating music that always drives me. Uh, my wife sometimes when I go grumpy and stuff, she always hey get your ass out in the studio and, and make some music <laughs> and everything like that. <laughs> it's okay, I do that and and you know so yeah. Uh, what do your kids think but of your music? Um, are they metalheads, or are well, they on a completely different path? Yeah, my daughter is. She's a bit older. She's seventeen now. She's. I think she's kind of uh, a little bit proud about uh, you know because you know her father has been in some newspapers and I have have a bunch of magazines with me and stuff and think that's a bit cool and you know YouTube videos and all that. Um, and she had some merchandise back. Went to, on the school with with the prize hoodie and stuff like that. Uh, so I think she's I think it's cool though the whole thing. I'm not sure if she is a really metalhead or she's more like into I don't know what kids listen to these days, but you know uh, I really don't know. But uh, on the other hand, my son is kind of a little bit into you know has a bit like uh, not long hair but quite long hair and like comes quite often into my studio and yeah, what are you doing and listen to some stuff I'm either recording or mixing or whatever and and. Um, we also have a guitar, so we have some guitar lessons from time to time and stuff. But they, you know, I've never, I don't want to push them into this stuff. I mean, it's the metal business is not, I mean, it's tough. Um, and I don't know if I really want my kids to be a part of that, but but uh, but they have to choose themselves. But of course, if my son or my daughter wants to, you know, start studio engineering or do music, guitars, the door is open, of course, always. But uh, but they're not really metal fans, I would say. They have other interests, and you know they have grown up with this. They, you know, that's daddy. That's what he did. Uh, I've always done this. So, so for them, that's it's nothing really special. I just have a job where I'm gone a month from time to time, and sometimes weekends, and you know, a week here and there, and stuff like that. And you know. <laughs> it's just not even cool yeah. to them anymore. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> probably a little bit, you know. I've been in some local newspapers, and there was an interview with me in a local newspaper about, you know, yeah, being a, they was great, I'm a superstar and stuff like that. So, you know, a little bit embarrassing, but, you know, local papers, it's like that. With a picture of me on the front and everything. That was like, of course, they think it's a little bit cool to, you know, get back on stool and everybody's like, hey, I saw your daddy in the newspapers and stuff. <laughs> I, of course, I, I, I guess that's a cool thing, but... Um, in the same time, it's pretty much normalized. They are so used to it, kind of thing. I mean, since they were, they were small kids, I've had journalists over for dinner and, you know, musicians coming over and I've been traveling and they have been joining me on some festivals in Norway with big help, air, air protection and, you know, and stuff like that. So they kind of, kind of used to it. Mm. I've only got a couple more for you before we wrap our time. Um, first one, does it feel like it's been 25 years of Borknagar? Uh, well, I say very often say yes and no. Uh, in a sense, yeah. I mean, it's it's. I mean, it feels like a forever since I started the band. It feels like another life. It feels like um, that was a different planet, or you know, because life has changed so much since then. I mean, now I'm a grown-up guy. I have uh, kids. I have a house. I have a car. I have you know, a wife, and you know, all that stuff. And back when I started the band, I was like basically me and my guitar. <laughs> Um, and some beer. Um, <laughs> Essentials. 
Yeah, essential. The, the basics uh, lies. Um, so, you know, it, it seems so far away in a sense. But in the same time, I have a lot of good memories that seems close. I mean, I just got a question some interviews ago about, you know, the U.S. tour we did back in 99. And, you know, it's I have so many clear memories of that. That seems like it was, yeah, some years ago, but it doesn't feel like it was damn old, almost like yeah, 20, 21, 20 years ago or something like that. That feels a bit strange sometimes. It depends on, you know, I guess it's with, 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 with for example, this U.S. tour. I have a lot of good memories. Uh, we experienced so much. We met a lot of people. And for us, you know, going to the U.S. back in those days was a big thing. I mean, we, we went to the World Trade Center. We went to Niagara Falls. We saw, you know, we went to the pub of Dime uh, Dell. We, you know, we was partying in San Francisco with uh, what was a rock star, apparently, some rock star, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had a really good time on one hand, but on the other hand, it was a really, really tough tour in terms of, you know, driving, little sleep, way too much hangover, of course, and even more tired, sick because of heavy usage of, of air conditioning, for example, heat waves. And so it's, it's, it's like, you know, the bad things you kind of tend to forget, but you keep clinging on to the good memories in a sense. And, and those feels, feels close. Uh, the thing that you cherish about the things I, I at least that's the case with me. You know, the things that I like, the things that, you know, the positive things in life, those, even though it's long time since, I feel, feel it pretty close, I would say. I was a nostalgic person. And, you know, a lot of nostalgia for me lies in music. I kind of, when I listen to some, you know, music I listened to in the 80s and stuff like that, I can almost like smell the atmosphere back then. So it's, it's, um, kind of um, guy looking a little bit back sometimes yeah well thank you for talking with me today uh best of luck with the rest of your your chats if you have any more and i love the new album uh and i will be thank sure you. to plug it accordingly when i put this podcast together so uh thank you and uh you know thanks man yeah thanks to you as well thank you for the support and thank you for a nice chat and everything and uh, this is actually my last interview no i won more actually oh. <laughs> anyway Thank you so much for uh, for uh, the talk, and uh, hopefully see you on tour or something at one point. And have uh, a nice time. All right, you as well. Thanks. Nagar will release True North on September 27th via Century Media Records. To pre-order the album, head to Borknagar.com and follow the band at Facebook.com slash Borknagar. Now to wrap this episode, I will be recommending the Philadelphia, Pennsylvania progressive power metal band Moodlight Prophecy. This year alone, the band has already released a full album called The Arrival and an instrumental EP called Heat Lightning. From that EP, here is Desperation in its entirety. <laughs>
Moonlight Prophecy released Heat Lightning in July. To grab the EP and all their other releases, head to moonlightprophecy.bandcamp.com and follow the band at facebook.com slash lawrence'screation1. If you'd like to speak with me, you may do so by heading to farbandmetalpodcast.com. There you can find the Facebook, email, Twitter, all that good stuff. The theme song, of course, is Far Beyond Metal by the band Strapping Young Lad from the album The New Black, courtesy of Century Media Records and Devin Townsend himself. Thank you for listening. A Catbox Production.